Hello and welcome to the DNA Fat Loss Podcast for Executives. I'm your host, Nutritional, and in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing part six, the final part of my interview with health regeneration coach, Katerina Hunter. Now, in today's episode, Katerina will share a wonderfully insightful answer to my favorite interview question. And we're also going to be discussing sustainable farming and what that might look like. Let's dive in. Katerina, if you could get the entire world population do one thing every day, what would it be and why? Yeah, I love your question, uh, Alex. Uh, that's a good one. I, what I would do is, <clears throat> and I've thought about this for a little bit, um, and then I thought, don't think too hard. Uh, you know, it's something really obvious. And um, so the obvious thing for me that we need to do, all of us need to do more of is, not just to slow down, but to do one activity that I think we stopped doing, that people used to do, and that is stare out of the window. So just kind of mindlessly look out of the window and just see what's happening. You know, people used to do that before iPhones, before TV, uh, as part of just pastime you know, uh, and I don't know, maybe these days, because not many people are out or it depends on where you live, obviously in residential areas, you won't have too many people to observe, but there is always something to observe looking out of the window. And, you know, it's that, it's that losing yourself in staring out sort of without any purpose or agenda, because we, our day is filled with, you know, stuff that we have to do. And so to do one thing which doesn't have uh, an agenda, I think is brilliant because it helps us to reconnect, not by forcing some kind of, you know, uh, finding something deeper within ourselves, but to truly reconnect because we are who we truly are when we are lost out of our heads, get out of our heads. And I think staring out the window enables us to do that. I don't know what you think about that. I love that. I love that a bit. That's, um, yeah, not had that one before. I really like that. It yeah. makes me think of uh, seeing some of these films that are portrayed in, you know, old times, and people would just sit outside their door on a little stool and just sit there and don't exactly. do anything. They just sit and watch the world go by. I think is a phrase. Yeah. And that's something we're so uh, so undervalued these days because we always have the most powerful devices known to man. You know, our phones in our pockets always within reach. There's always notification. There's always that dopamine trail pulling us away, and mm-hmm. none of us just sit there. And... But I think that the the, the, the problem is um, that these days, you know, you can't even go for a walk just with you and your surrounding environment because we take our iPhones with us and we go on a podcast, right? Or we go and catch up with someone or we go and, you know, whatever it is that we do, we're not just by ourselves. Um, And so I think even going for a walk is no longer this activity that gives us that 
uh, that space to lose ourselves. This is why, you know, I came up with something that we really don't do anymore. Uh, and to bring it back into, into our world is, you know, sit by the window and stare or, you know, in the summer, take your chair out and sit down. I think people would look at you these days as, you know, what on earth are you, are you doing? But why not? You know, why, why, why not? Um, you know, it's, um, I think we, we, we're going to have to, we're going to have to bring in some of these things uh, back into our lives because we are losing our mind quite literally. My favourite activities when I go to, on some holidays, go to the beach and stuff, is to people watch. You just get a good spot. Well, exactly. That's a very good, uh, exactly. <laughs> you make sure to get a good spot where you can see most of the activities. You can see the competitive dads. You can see the... Um, the dog owner who can't control their dog, the, the overactive kids, you see the, the ones Exactly, who... and you lose yourself in the world. And what happens is, I think, something uh, which we don't experience these days, and that is being a little bit out of us, our, our own, you know, ourselves. Um, you know, we go to bed, we have stuff filled up, you know, our head is filled up with stuff. And... It's just, there's nothing comparable really that I could think of except for, you know, getting, sitting by the window and looking out and just being drawn in to whatever is happening. Even if there's nothing happening, uh, you know, look at people's windows and imagine what's going on in there. Or I don't know, you know, look at the trees or, um, you know, the animals, the birds, the cats, uh, anything anything just do it for 10 minutes a day love it love it Serena what are you curious about right now so I think what really uh really gets me uh right now and it's been the case for a while uh and it is it is related to my interest in in regenerative health uh, uh but it is the link between food um food uh production uh, and climate change. One of the biggest issues, obviously, that uh, um, we are grappling with um, at the moment and we will grapple with until we find solutions. And I'm just really fascinated by, um, I don't really want to open up a topic of veganism and vegan diets because I think that deserves a separate, um, separate discussion. But in relation to um, and, but, but also animal meat farming that is so problematic for, you know, so both not, not to demonize either uh, right now um, to, to sort of be show, come from a neutral position on these on these two uh, dietary or lifestyle uh, theories, if you like, but to come at it from the point of nature. Uh, how nature regenerates and how uh, animal farming, regenerative farming plays, really it's, uh, it, it's an inextricable part of the ecosystem and we can't just move away from it and hope to live on plants because plants won't grow unless we have animals uh, on the land. So animals um, uh, live in, you know, it, 
live in herds, I think, or mobs, I think is the term, mobs, that's it. So they are in groups, they move around the land, um, they graze, uh, and therefore they, uh, by, by doing that, they are uh, regenerating the, the grasses that they, that they eat. By moving, they're stamping on the soil, which um, helps to fertilize, so the, the, the manure to fertilize the land. Um, and they move around. So by the time they return back to where they started, say 30 days later, that land has regenerated. Uh, and it is the soil, uh, the biodiversity of soil that is really key to everything. It is key to the biodiversity of the climate, uh, of our environment, and it's key to biodiversity of our microbiome in the gut. And this is how we are fundamentally connected. Um, so many of our mental health problems come from the imbalance of our microbiome and um, uh, from not consuming enough. And it's not about a probiotic pill. This is about what comes into our body through the food. Because if the animal is consuming the grasses that grow in the uh, biodiverse soil, those microbes get to the meat and get to us as humans. Um, so it's, if, if you see what I mean, it's, it's, this is the quality of the food that we need. That's what we need to return to. And then the vegetables um, that we hope to grow, which we cannot rely on the mono, uh, monocultures where, uh, you know, the, the, the agricultural uh, agriculture is just based on one crop. You've got to have the circulation of the crop in order to keep the biodiversity of soil. Um, so it's it's this really that I that I'm so passionate about, and uh, I'm trying to study more and more, and trying to figure out how to have these conversations without. And I I think I can get a little bit triggered by you know disagreeing with in certain ways of doing things but how can we have this discussion this debate with an open mind um really for the health of the planet and our own health and i don't think either of the radical ways of producing meat in factories or growing DNA through DNA or something like that. That's not a solution. Neither is the solution going vegan um, uh, because th they are too radical and neither of them really take into consideration the, regener the, the importance of the regeneration of the planet. So, and our environment and the soil, which is yeah, key to our health as well. So that's really what keeps me up at night, Alex. <laughs> wow, that's, uh, that is fascinating. I think I'm going to have to invite you back on and we're going to have to discuss that in more mm. depth <laughs> at some yes. point. Because we <laughs> go all day on that. I think Absolutely, totally. Super interesting. I, I love the idea of um, hydroponics, vertical farming. So I've got a bit of an engineering background. So mm. I think that's kind of smart innovation, um, you know, less space like i've seen these they're almost like kitchen drawers you pull them out and there's a, a lettuce there's rows of lettuces growing with you know lighting and the exact smell mm. 
water solutions and stuff. I think that's very cool. Um, yeah, and then there's there's I think it's called micro farming. I think it's mm-hmm. something that's growing in the uh, Eastern culture, Asian culture, um, mm-hmm. insects and that sort of stuff. Which I'm very open mm-hmm. about food. I would I would eat anything, especially if it's nutrient rich. And- but the the thing is that there is enough food uh, on the planet if we just um, understand how to replace industrial farming with regenerative farming which you know would rebuild all um the lost forests um you know to whether it's cattle farming or whether it's palm oil uh, you know or soy growth either of those um so it, it, it can be done i mean the scientists who are interested in this uh, who are researching and working on this um have calculated this it can be done it's just that we are a little bit stubborn and hard-headed to open ourselves up because we either believe that no we've got to stop eating meat in order to to save our environment well we might well we're not going to save our environment we're not going to save ourselves with that either because the the animals play a, a natural part you can't take animals out of the environment and you can use them to re- regenerate with and, and raise animals with respect i grew up with my on my grandparents farm and i saw that uh, firsthand as a child how they uh, you know the animals that they raised with so much love and respect because they were feeding the family um, and yes when it came to the slaughter they'd do it with a ceremony and grace and thanks you know but they knew that that was part of the the natural cycle which um unfortunately upsets people because they think that you you know they're sentient beings and you shouldn't kill animals well death somehow is part of our natural cycle on this planet because death is life and you know it's the, the, the tiger isn't having an ethical discussion whether he's going to go and uh, uh, is, is killing a sentient being. You know, it's, uh, I, and, and we have, yes, because we've done so much damage to our, to our planet and to ourselves, uh, we are now withdrawing to the opposite and think that that, but that's a react, it's a reaction. It's not really thought through. And I think I want it to be a bit more thought through, but there you go. I'll stop here because we, <laughs> we can go on and go on um, about this. And it's fascinating. I love um, when these discussions kind of, I'm going to say go off plan, but I never really have much of a plan to begin with and kind of go into really interesting areas, but that is mm. very, very interesting. Thank you for sharing all that. So to wrap things up, um, where can people find you, Katharina? Um, so I, um, I don't just hang out on LinkedIn. I, I suppose I live there. <laughs> my, my, my practice, my business lives there. So you can fi- definitely find me on LinkedIn. I'm very active. I, uh, try and do a post a day with anything that I think is valuable to, uh, has been valuable to my clients or to anyone that I've helped. So you can actually get quite a bit of value from there. Um, and uh, get in touch with me. I do have a website as well, which is uh, Stress Smarter. Um, and that just tells you what I'm trying to get to is to have, you know, become a little bit smarter about our stresses in life, I think. So those two places are very good uh, places to find me. Perfect. So is that stresssmarter.co.uk? Dot com. Dot com. Stresssmarter.com. Correct, yeah. 
and on social on LinkedIn you are Katarina I'm Katarina Hunter with so K A T A R I N A Katarina. correct yes that's correct yes wonderful well thank you so much for joining me today for this podcast it's been a lot of fun having you on thank you so much Ali this was a lot of fun yeah really enjoyed great it. you really you really got me thinking about some things now <laughs> <laughs> it's been great school thank you yeah i hope you enjoyed today's podcast thank you so much for listening if you're curious and wanting to learn more about my programs don't hesitate to reach out to me on linkedin just by searching alex hall dna fat loss coach so if you search alex hall dna fat loss coach i should pop up and then just drop me a message and I'll share the full details of my two programs, the DNA Fat Loss Consultation, my DNA Fat Loss Blueprint. So that's my two-week and 20-week programs, respectively. Thank you again for listening. I look forward to speaking with you soon.